Welcome back to this week's episode of Men of the Machine. Before you start, uh, this is a fill-in. It's going to be a fill-in because Jake is uh, technically a fill-in. To be honest, it's more of a finalization, a, a comeuppance of ours of sorts. Uh, but a, bit, a very well-needed conclusion. That's exactly. Because Jake is on vacation. That's not why we're doing this. I would have wanted to do this anyways. But Jake's on vacation, so there will be no list episode this week with him. Might still do a list so I don't know, but we're going to do one every week, and now we're not doing it, so we're doing this here, because there is no such thing as consistency with me, and we're going to enjoy it. So, I'm Kevin. I'm Craig. And what we're doing is chapter 12 of our Watchmen uh, read-through review analysis. Yes, I know that all our fans out there have been waiting three years or four years. It's no, been a while. I put episode 11 out like six months ago oh yeah yeah that's true <laughs> so you know we, we were planning to like make this episode right after that but then yeah. we didn't we even had time and it, something came up i don't know something came up but we were like okay i'm gonna release it now next week we'll get to i think it was because we were going to get together for D like this and then we had to cancel the session for yeah it, it was something it was that summer was very very busy yeah I'm always busy. Everyone's always busy. People got shit going on. So we actually get to do it. We did chapters one through 11. We talked about doing a sort of recap episode. We talked about doing a sort of quick reread in our own time and then talking about the, to be honest, that just means we're going to delay the idea of ever doing this ever again anyways. Yep. So we do it. So we're ripping off the yeah. bandaid. And even though it's been that long, it was this last chapter is so concise I mean, the first six pages are just imagery. It's so concise that it's very... You're not getting back into dialogue. You're not getting back into, like, walls of text of, like, ah, shit, where was I? Everyone in New York is dead. That's a pretty easy way to remember it. Yeah, there was a couple of things where I, I was like, I, I have a vague memory of what they're referring to, but, yeah, it, it wasn't... You didn't need too much to get back into it. Also, this is... The only time, so I kept referencing, you think I don't remember our banter from the old days. This is one of the only times I will not do a, ah, the movie did it like this and the book did it like this. This is where the movie lets Watchmen down, in my opinion. It is so dramatically different in oh, yeah. so many, like it's not just the difference between Manhattan being the cause and the alien being the cause. There was stuff in here I completely forgot about. The, 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 the intricacies of Voight's plan. There is stuff in here I absolutely, like, blank-faced was like, wait, that's actually how it went? I read this book a dozen times back when I, you know, how I get very obsessive over yep. things. When I got into watching really deep, I read this shit over and over and over again. And I still, it's been so long, I still forgot entirely what actually uh, the plan is. So so to not do a, well, in the movie, we'll talk about that later, because we are going to do the movie and stuff like that <laughs> sometime. <laughs> sometime. Um, but we are. Uh, this is de facto just better oh yeah yeah no it, need to even the, the, there's a reason why the, the the hbo show like chose this yeah chose the comic yeah. and not like being a sequel to the movie yeah which i need to watch the hbo show i still don't even know the plot of that damn show i saw i don't know anything about it it's it's a good show but i understand why diehard fans of the comic as well as alan moore wouldn't care for it wouldn't go for it yeah, yeah. Patrick ended up loving it. He's a Watchmen stan. He ended up loving it, but Patrick kind of just loves everything nowadays. He's on like his reverse psycho arc. Instead of becoming more critical as time goes on, he's becoming more accepting as time going on. He used to be very, this sucks, that sucks, everything sucks. And, you know, if it's not to my taste, it's bad. And now he's very like, just let it all happen, man. <laughs> just let it, like he still 
thinks there is better and worse products, but he's very like, there's a place. There's a place for this. I'm digging it. Which, you know, hey, growth. Anyways, started off with what we're seeing here. Oh, yeah, a bunch of dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I, it, the, you said it when we started reading the chapter, and then it just made me hyper-aware to look for the sort of, like, incredibly on-the-nose imagery that exists. So the Doomsday Clock that we've been following every chapter, it's on the building with blood dripping over it. It's the same as the amount of blood that's been growing on it every time. It's it's never been in, uh, to my knowledge, they never show the Doomsday Clock in the book at all. Until right here. Boom. That's not the doomsday clock. It's a clock in New York City, and it's covered in blood. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, it's still, like, representative of the doomsday clock. Yeah. It's and, supposed to be a one-to-one. And the, and the whole metaphor is that uh, we're going to learn more about the plan later. Yeah. Or I think Fight does talk about it. It's like, right. It's the next thing. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he, he manages to stop it before we hit doomsday. Yes. One minute. One minute to doomsday. It happened at 11.59 or whatever. He ta- the last chapter says what time it is, and then he says, uh, you know, I detonated it X amount of minutes ago, all that kind of stuff. Um, another thing I saw made me very sad. I'm sure there's more people than what I just saw, but uh, the um, therapist that was in charge of, of Rorschach, dead against a wall. Oh. Dead. On page five. Dead against a wall. Oh, yeah, there Super he is. Super sad. Uh, the newspaper uh, man and the boy reading... Uh, the other comic on the very next page, dead, holding, he's holding him in his arms, protecting the kid. Oh, that's super fucking depressing. Yeah, you know, and there's, a, you know, of course, a button with blood on it on a hat there. Yep. It just, and then, of course, the vagina monster. Uh, but there's two pictures uh, on um, page two and page three. The first one was the Madison Square Garden one. Yep. Crystal knocked. Pale Horse and Crystal Knocked. Pale Horse, of course, being, uh, you know, one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And Crystal Knocked being uh, uh, the um, uh, the Night of Broken Glass, uh, where uh, that was the second purge in Nazi Germany, where Hitler oh. killed all the Jews. Oh, I did not know that. Yep. And on the very next building, the day the Earth stood still, yep. and Utopia with a T missing. So it just says Uopia, but, you know, obviously broken. Um yeah, he really you you I think you said when even when he's subtle people still look past it. He really on the nose. Like this book is a little bit and I'll admit I was a tool back when I liked it. I was like, oh, you don't get Watchmen, you don't understand Watchmen. Now I'm like, how do you not understand Watchmen? Oh yeah. It's kind of like right here. Moore is doing his very best purposefully to hit you in the head with a hammer. Like yeah. this is the point. Yeah. Yeah. Read this. Look at these things. <laughs> the world is shit, and I'm going to show you. But, like, I'll draw, or I'll, I'll have a pretty picture around it. The monster is, it, it is, lit, I don't know if it's intentionally a vagina, but it is. Yeah. Well, it's a squid as well, which squids are, you know, sexual as well. I mean, there's a clitoris. Looking. Its eye is a Yeah, clitoris. yeah, no, it's, it's, there, and th- there's no playing around with what it looks like. But I, he, th- I don't know if that is ever thematically a thing like is he trying to say something with that or is it just hey man it looks like a vagina i i think i don't even know if that one's even purposeful it just looks like it yeah i mean i, I would buy that i would buy that entirely. maybe alan moore's just horny there's no question whether he's horny or not every book yeah. he writes has some sort of aggressive sexual tension and imagery like even in this chapter we get yeah uh, that's true and he wrote a very very good 
but an entire no- graphic novel that is just smut using uh, Dorothy, uh, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, of age, of course. This is not children version. It's them like when they're older. And someone else. And it's porn. I have it. It's oh. awesome. It's actually really good. But it's porn. Uh, I'll, I'll take a picture and show you some of the panels in it. Oh, ooh-wee. Um, but he even said in it that that's what he's doing. So in all of his books, the dude's horny as hell. Oh, yeah. like yeah, Oh, and also on. like V for Vendetta, there's... Yeah, a lot of horny. No, no, no. Um, anyways, so what we immediately go to this is this is a very important panel that the movie just decides to not try to replicate. Mostly, I'm assuming because of gore, like graphics and gore, which isn't fair because the movie has some pretty fucked up stuff. Oh in it. yeah, some of that is like stuff that I'm like, oh, I can't watch fight scenes because yeah. it's just too graphic. But in the movie, they go straight from Mars to Antarctica, and this one. They lay they, in the book. They take a pit stop to New York, right at the center where the monster, the dead monster, is, and uh, all the bodies around him. And Sally's just losing her damn mind. She can't cope with it. And he's, but him on the other side, and and this is one of the most beautiful things about him in this part. He's just con- He's like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Like he's like know. a kid at Christmas. He's like, I forgot what it. What does he say? I forgot what it felt like. The uh, I'd almost forgotten the excitement of not knowing. The delights of uncertainty. <laughs> <laughs> like she's having a mental breakdown over body after body at her feet and she's going on about how they were just out to get Indian food and he's just like ooh a mystery, a mystery. oh I can't get over this Nancy Drew novel he's having the time of his life well I guess if we were to look at it uh, from Dr. Manhattan's perspective, if you know everything, yeah. then you've already seen Way every worse. dead yeah. body on the planet and you're like yeah. oh yeah, yeah, there, yeah. another Another one. You know, genocide. It happens sometimes. Oh, yeah. This is, this is, pales in comparison to, I mean, and by that standard, he has literally seen every death of every Jew in World War II, because that would have been, you know, before this, and he experienced all of the Holocaust. Something telling me a few dead people in New York just ain't that big a deal. Yeah. I mean, it just ain't that big a deal. Not that big a deal. But she's losing her mind talking about this, that, and the other. Again, you see bodies. I'm sure if we went through, more of these oh. bodies have significance. It's uh, one one part uh, worth pointing out. Not the tachyons, surely. Yes, definitely. A squall of tachyons. Where can they be coming from? It seems that... I don't know if tachyons are mentioned elsewhere in the book because it's been a very long time since we it's read been this. A while. But uh, it seems that there's some sort of particle that messes with his brain and yeah. doesn't let him see certain points of time. They talk about it. I don't remember if it's when him and Laurie are in on Mars or if it's right before he freaks out and jumps you know, from the interview where his uh, ex-girlfriend has cancer. It's either right before that or when they're on Mars, he talks about how he doesn't see the future. But he doesn't care at that, obviously. He doesn't, uh, pre pre this, Dr. Manhattan has no fucking business with humanity. He's just kind of there. Um, he talks about how he can't see the future because something's blocking it. I don't yeah. know if it calls him tachyons, but he talks, you know, extensively about that. Um, but now he's trying to trace their source. Uh, this is where it's revealed there's multiple generators in multiple places. In in otherwise, you know, like in the movie, it's only in Antarctica. No, yeah. Antarctica is just where the, the the greatest source of it is. But they're all over. Like uh, uh, Adrian's made extensive work in making sure it was a blanketed situation. Yeah, that, that that makes sense with like his overall ideas and plans and whatnot. Yeah. That he 
well, we'll see later on, but like utopic, he like he's not a small minded guy. If right. he's gonna do one thing, it's gonna be something big and widespread. It's not just gonna be in Antarctica. But he's also willing to take a few risks. Ah, which we'll see in a bit. He is not perfect, although he ends up being perfect. Um, so you know, obviously John figures it out and is like, Hey, I'm gonna go uh, I'm off. Let's let's go to Antarctica while she's like, Take me away, take, take me, me away. away. A secret place, a sweet escape. They should have done that in the movie. They missed a spot there. Anyways, uh, and we go back to Antarctica where they're arguing. Yep. This this is the classic. Everyone knows this scene. They're, they're, they're fighting and they're like, oh, you can't do this. And he's like, what? That, that was obviously Rorschach. And then yeah. Al, Night Owl's like, yeah, man, you really just messed up. No, he's no, no. He's such a jerk. He's like, no, he, he couldn't have done that. You're yeah, oh, right. He's, he's super in denial. He's like, yeah. God, even... Yeah, this is the joke, right? It's even joke. still, you're putting airs. You're putting on airs right now. Yeah, he's just like, it's a prank, bro, right? Just a prank, this, bro? Just a prank, bro? This is where... So, Night Owl is my least favorite character in this entire story, just in general. Yeah. Um, Not because he's bad or not fleshed out, but just because he's like... And I'm sure, you know, it's intentional or whatever. He's like the affable everyman who just refuses to accept that shit's fucked, but is also incredibly depressed because his girl's not there and his uh, hero died and he's also good for nothing now because heroes are outlawed and he doesn't know what to do with his money that his dead parents left behind. He's just kind of... Like, he's just a pathetic piece of shit, but also yeah. wants to be badass. It's, uh, it doesn't... I don't know. Again, I, you need someone like that when you have things like comedian Rorschach, Dr. Manhattan all around him. But it just... Ah, what a piece of work. What a piece what of a work. What a piece of work he is. Anyways, um, so they're going through it. They're they're doing their whole thing. And uh, you know how this is actually probably one of, my, one of my favorite panels in this. He's like, oh, you couldn't have planned it all. What if the guy shot you instead? And he's like, well, I'd have to catch a bullet, wouldn't I? And he's like, oh, you can't do that. And he just smiles in his face like, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just love the shit-eating grin on his face. Like, you you, you don't realize how outclassed you are even still. I just oh, beat yeah. the shit out of you guys like five seconds ago without breaking a sweat. Oh, yeah, and Rorschach is like, get rid of Cat. Oh, yeah. I don't <laughs> like Cat. Get rid of Cat. And Adrian's like... The, the cat's there, so I don't beat your ass again. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. So I don't wipe the floor with you. Uh, and then he goes, this is where he goes into his plan. And this is one of those things that I completely forgot about. Oh, yeah. Com- like, never once, if you had asked me to recount Watchmen for you, would have walked right past this. Yeah, they, there are, like, a lot of little scenes th- spread out throughout the book where... It shows the, the people doing the whole thing, creating the alien, but doesn't yeah. tell you what it is. Yeah. But it's so hard to forget about those. It, it lays the Easter egg of the artist. Paint me something. I want I want you to create something. And the guy's drawing an octopus. So, you know, you get the idea of where the inspiration came from and whatever. But you just kind of. Also, I didn't realize it. until this point. Maybe it says something somewhere else or and I forgot it. But psychics are a real thing. Right. So that's the big thing I forgot. I knew that he made the monster and cloned it and and dropped it in. He also took a psychic, a dead psychic, which it makes sense that something like that would exist in this world. That's not like a stretch like, ooh, what are you talking about? Like, Dr. Manhattan exists. Anything is possible in this damn world. Um, A man flies with paper wings. Like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, they dive into Mothman more in um, in, uh, uh, Doomsday Clock. It's awesome. We're going to read that, too. The goal has always been to do all things Watchmen. We're going to get there. Uh, but but the part of the plan I'd forgotten, this psychic 
they used his brain and then just started flooding it with fucked up shit so that when, uh, and then cloned the monster out of this, so that when the monster landed, it sent out psychic energy all over the globe so that the people closest, which we get later when they're going through the TV things, like, people are going mad. Woman thought the baby was eating her from the inside, so they killed it. And uh, uh, children are, are, are fighting and murdering each other. And, like, they explain it all. But right here, he's talking about how this signal would fuck with your head forever. People in, like, within X amount of miles would be messed up. People farther than that will have nightmares for the rest of their life. People outside of that will feel dread. Like, I don't remember that being a part of this at all. That's huge. Oh, I can't wait for us to watch the the, the HBO show because it does. It talks about that in the show. Yeah, like there's a certain character where like a lot of the book stuff they do build off of. I got to watch the show. Oh, we're going to. We're going to. But that like that alone, when you're talking about the movie ending versus ending, because the movie ending has some credit to it. Um, Like making Dr. Manhattan the the weapon is is a good use of it. Although really, then they would just blame America. But the point is. Making Dr. Manhattan a big part of it is whatever, but not adding a more aggressive element other than just fear like this. Well, I mean, this is using fear, but what I mean is other than just like trust fear, like, oh, Dr. Manhattan blew up half the world. We all got to work together to fight the bad guy. Like, that's a very hopeful bullshit ending. This one's like, oh, I'm fucking I'm in your head now. Like, I'm I'm affecting your thought process. I'm not just scaring you. I'm forcing you to be scared. Like it's it's so much more sinister this way, in a good way. And it also plays with a factor of uncertainty. Yes. Which, like, oh, you... when when it's Doctor Manhattan, you know what Doctor Manhattan is. Uh, but but yeah. if it's a, a fucking alien thing, like what yeah. the fuck is this? From a, maybe from another dimension, maybe from blank. What? Why did it instantly die? You have no answers now. What no does it answers. want with the, yeah. us? Is it? Is this a declaration of war? Yeah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, this reminds me of a really funny post I saw. Uh, on, it was like, it was a screenshot of a Reddit post, but it was like, if you could tell everyone in the world, all eight billion people, if you could tap into their mind and say one thing, what would you say? And the 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 top comment was. I am your God. I am real. You were right all along as I watched the world burn. Afterwards. Oh, Jesus. If you said that to everyone, everyone thought they were right about their religion, immediately everyone's dead. Oh, yeah. The murders, the war, the, 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 the. Probably a couple nukes. Definitely some nukes. If you freaking. The Middle East believes that they're right. The U.S. goes ultra Christian and just starts launching shit. Russia is also Christian, but like a different type of Christian. They start launching shit. Oh, it'd be terrible. Orthodox. Orthodox, there it is. Yeah. Um, it would go nuts. I'd, I'd be extremely confused as an atheist. I'm like, wait, I, I was right. D- does that mean you don't exist? You're, are you telling me you don't exist? Well, I think it would... So every atheist, I, I believe this truthfully, um, every atheist, agnostic, whatever, all the different versions of the words that I don't know, that don't believe in the traditional religions, I think they have a backup plan in their head. Not a backup plan isn't something to fall back on, but a backup plan isn't like if there was one, that'd be cool. Like, all right, fine. Maybe I'm wrong in the Christians, or maybe I'm wrong in the Muslims, or whatever. There's always that backup in their head where there's like one of whatever their favorite one is that they relate to the most, whatever. They lock in. I think you would immediately just be like, ah, oh, fuck, I was raised re- you know, Catholic. I guess that's it. That's shit. Mm. I'm indoctrinated into that bullshit. Boom, done. Because like you wouldn't immediately go to Allah. That wouldn't has never crossed your mind to try to check out 
that faith, but you know Christianity, so you'd be like, oh, fuck. Uh, I wouldn't believe it would... If if I got that, I wouldn't go like straight to the, the Christian God. No, you'd go to whichever one you think's the most plausible. Yeah. But you would go to it. Oh no, I mean me personally. Right. Yeah. Right. So but so you wouldn't go straight to the Christian God, but you'd go to whichever God you think's coolest. You not coolest as in I'm using very generic yeah, terms, yeah. but you would definitely default to whatever made the most sense to you. I think we all would. I honestly, the Buddha. I don't know how I would respond to that. Like, cause I would have to be like in that situation to know how I would respond. Exactly. Which is, an, an, but it just, that, that's what this made me think of when he's just like, I got inside your brains. Got inside your brains. Uh, and then John and Lori show up or Dr. Manhattan and Silk Spectre, whatever. And, uh, uh, Dr. Manhattan, he, he, he's, he has a couple wires crossed cause yeah. he's, he's, he's officially over Lori's shit. In the last chapter, they, the only reason I'm remembering this is because they talk about it right here, he gets very upset about Dan and Lori boning down, and he's like trying to figure it out, and then he has this big revelation <gasps> oh. of, of all the miracles in all the world, of all the infinite possibilities you exist, and that makes you special, and I love you. I care now. <laughs> yeah, you made me care now. Exactly. That's gone. All that's gone right here in this moment. He teleports her out, and then he just walks away from her, leaves her in the cold, and she's like, uh, what, what are you, John? Don't leave. What the fuck's going on? He's like, I'm on a case. Uh, oh, this is where it's happening. I can't see it. He thought of this. Of course he thought of it. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and don't worry, Rorschach. Uh, that was just me 90 seconds ago tell- telling something I, to Lori. That's a real cheeky like thing to put in. I think Alan Moore thought he was being incredibly genius with that, but it just com- that's kind of corny. <laughs> He's like, oh, the tachyons are jumbling my brain, so you know how I see all of time? Right now I'm doing this fun thing with Rorschach and Lori, and it's like, and it works, he, but it's he, he did make us like read the same dialogue from Doctor Manhattan twice. Yeah, and but in this occasion, before when he was doing it in the let me show you how he does this way, it was very cool because you're doing the it's 1963. I'm at the carnival with my girl, and oh now it's 1940 whatever. I'm in the watch thing, and now it's blah blah blah. Like that was a really cool way to show how he jumps through time in his mind. He never double speaks or anything like that though. Everything's yeah. very direct. So to now, like, have it the payoff of all of that be my head's a little confused, so I'm speaking to both of you at different places. It's fucking corny. It just is. I'm sorry. It's like, it's the one time I've said something bad about Watchmen, but it's corny as hell. All right, anyways, moving on. So he goes in, does the thing, says the line, whatever. And uh, this whole time, Voight sees him. Why, why do I keep, Ozymandias, I keep calling him every different name under the book. I'm going back to Ozzy. Um, sees well, well, it's because in this chapter... They no, call him Vite. Yeah, yeah. Vite. Over and over and over again. Or Adrian. Yeah. Not Voight. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Angelina Voight. Jolie's dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was in the Bratz movie. Was he really? Yes. Dude, the amount of big people that are in just like ridiculous kids movies is so awesome. Like Spy Kids 2. Or was it 3? That had Sylvester Stallone and George Clooney and Antonio Banderas. And yeah, it was one of the Spy Kids movie where like Steve Buscemi has. Two. Is it Buscemi or Buscemi? It's, I, I think it's Buscemi, but oh, I could be wrong. Yeah. Steve Buscemi just has this one line. It's like, do you think God resides in heaven because he's 
or because oh, he's I... afraid of what he's created because he's talking about the weird dinosaur mutants he's made in a in a little miniature park thingy like it's it's very cheeky the kids are like looking at it with amazement like this is so crazy we're here and all this stuff meanwhile steve buscemi's putting on like oscar worthy philosophical quandaries to himself and you're just like oh, oh all right so sometimes I... kids movies just sneak those little lines in i'm like why is that you know, the Pokemon one's a classic example. The Mewtwo's, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what it, what you do with life. I don't remember the line, but that's yeah, a but classic everyone, one. Every, yeah, everyone knows that line. So John's walking in, and he and and invite uh, Adrian's been watching this on the TVs because he obviously has cameras everywhere. So he's like, ah, shit, John's here. I knew he would be. So he walks away, and he just starts going somewhere. You know, you can tell he's doing that like get away from mom sort of walk. And as John follows him, he's he's telling him like, dude, you're are you kidding me? I can turn this building into glass and just see you. Even if I don't know where you are because of the tachyons. It says tachyons way too many times yeah, in this tachy- chapter. Tachyon. Um, I can just find you. But you know what? Because I'm having so much fun, because I'm so titillated right now, I'll bite. Yeah. I'll bite it. So and, he, you know, Rorschach's like, uh, he did this thing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like, and, and Owl's like, oh, I don't know. And, and, and John's just like, yeah, I already know. I'm yeah. moving on. Like He's like, I'm yeah, so yeah. past you two. Yeah. You guys are ridiculous catch, right catch now. The, I just got here. And I'm already ahead of you. Catch the fuck up. Yeah, pretty. He's real. John's such a prick. Anyways, uh, and he's naked, by the way, this whole chapter. I know we all love that. I enjoy it. There's there's one. I enjoy it because he's accurately represented, okay? That's the male body. Not what the adult cinema would lead you to believe, okay? He's packing an appropriate amount of heat. There is one small panel where it's just his legs. I'm like... You could have just had a. You, you could add. A, you could add the dangle there, just like just hanging down. Could have. You, you missed an opportunity. They're tasteful there. with it. Okay, they're tasteful with it. Also, his dangle doesn't dangle very far. Yeah, that's true. Because he's dangle. accurately representing the male body. Okay, this is accuracy. Anyway, also, it's really cold there. It well, he's in Antarctica. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's it's cold there. Also, he has the ability to make his wiener whatever size he wants, and that's what he's choosing. Was essay smartest man per- thing to ever exist. That's what he chooses. Well, I, I think it's probably because he's not boning down anymore. I'm just saying be grateful. Yeah, He what? wants to get down. <laughs> yeah. he he's do- in no. your town. He doesn't want to get down. That's it's true. an obligation for him. So he goes through it. He says all this, and he walks between two barriers that have a sign. Hold on. I have it right here. What does it say? Stand behind screen when IF subtractor is activated. Right. And you can see Adrian in that little room thingy there. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, hey, follow my cat. Follow <laughs> yeah. my cat. And then he, and this is actually really sad, but, and you can see it on his face. He says, Bubastis, the awesome cat thing he cloned from an ancient species, uh, forgive me. And he just straight murks both the cat and Adrian. It's literally the, or, I mean, and John. The saddest Ozymandias seems in the entire book. He's just like, oh, my cat. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Gotta kill my cat. I can't believe I've done this. And the panel's actually great. It looks exactly like the one way, way earlier. Except one thing I love about this panel it shows that Dr. Manhattan's uh, hydrogen symbol he put in his forehead was not skin deep. Yeah. It the It's in the... Like, he just cut a hole through his head. Like, yep. okay, you want a symbol? Fucking... Let me router this out. And then, you know, bones and, you know, shredded and all that good stuff. And this is part one of uh, uh, Adrian taking a guess on something. Oh, I wouldn't believe that worked. <laughs> You know, the tachyons made it all possible. Tachyons again. Tachyons. And then he turns around, and uh, uh, Silk Spectre's there to sh- just pop a cap in his ass. You asshole! And guess what? Chekhov's gun. 
The man's been saying it this entire book. It's said it like four or five times from the very first introduction all the way to the end. Yeah, motherfucker caught a bullet. Caught a bullet. In his hand. Yeah, I like that it's all bloody. Like, you know, he didn't catch it perfectly. He caught it. If you catch a bullet. It's going to fucking hurt. Yeah. yeah, Obviously impossible, but it's going to shred your hand all up. And it did. There's blood all over him. And she just goes, oh, as he just kicks her in the ribs, dude. Gives her the good old swift one-sider. Yep, that that's the final battle there, and it's over. Yeah, and it's done. And then this is literally like this from this point on, any sort of action, intrigue, suspense is over, because you know, obviously, at night I was like, "You son of a, you bastard! You don't you yeah, hurt her? So that's bad. my girlfriend!" And then he runs over, and Adrian's just like, "Dude, <sighs> like it, this whole chapter is just Adrian and John just like face palming the whole time, like you guys yeah. are." So fuck everyone's so dumb. We're trying to be adults here. You're all <laughs> running around like children, firing guns and being upset over <laughs> yeah. genocide. I can't believe these people. And uh, he and you know he obviously didn't hurt her. He just knocks the wind out of her. Basically, she's just on the ground going ooh. And then he goes on and he gets to tell his spree. John comes back. Oh well, I, uh, my favorite part is he goes through this entire fucking speech thing using flowery rain language and shit. This this is supposed to be his final word. Yep. If John doesn't come back, this was his speech to be. My like, new world demands less obvious heroism. Blah 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 yeah. blah. Giant hand crashes out through TVs. Yeah, and he you know he even put the failure here. I'm actually gonna read this. My new world demands less obvious heroism making your schoolboy heroics redundant. This is just, he's been wanting to say that to Night Owl forever. What have they achieved? Failing to prevent Earth's salvation is your only triumph. What a badass line to tell these dudes. Like, you realize by being so shitty at being a hero, you actually saved the Earth. That is a fuck, such a Chad thing to say. Anyways, and then he goes, and yet that failure overshadows every past success. By default, you usher in an age of illumination so dazzling that humanity will reject the darkness in its heart and turn instead towards the, uh, uh, and then John busts through the wall. Like that was supposed oh, yeah. to be, he, he had the most backhanded bitch slap on these guys. And it was supposed to be his big, like, I've created perfection. And then John just fucks it up. I love that. And then he just goes, I am disappointed. Well, I John, am very disappointed in you. Yeah, now John gets to have his. Dr. Manhattan gets to have his you're not good enough moment, too. It's always, This is just a big one-upsmanship moment, this yeah. whole like first half of the chapter. Also, my, my favorite part is uh, right here. Restructuring myself after the subtraction of my intrinsic field was the first trick I learned. It didn't kill Osterman. Right. He refers to his past self as a separate person. He's two different beings, yeah. Uh, and he goes, did you think it would kill me? Blah, blah, blah. He goes, on. actually, I do love the way this is worded. So uh, you've heard me say, so my buddy Trevor, he writes comics, um, and they're pretty good. And I say uh, uh, all the time, the way I describe them, because I haven't quite finished, I read four uh, issues of it. It's a six issue story, is it reads like someone who's trying to emulate Alan Moore, not be inspired by Alan Moore. And this line right here, I should. You have the first issue, so if oh yeah, it's somewhere in my room. Yeah, if you reread like the first, literally the first page, this is it. He says, uh, "This is Alan Moore, not not Trevor." I've walked across the sun. I've seen events so tiny and so fast that they can hardly be said to have occurred at all. But you, you are a man. That type of wording, that type of bullshit, is the entirety of Trevor's story. (laughs) Like it, it, it's good. It's it's not bad. I, I I sound like I'm ragging on it. I'm not. It's just so aggressively obvious what it, where it came from 
that it doesn't feel like his story. Yeah. Like, you're not doing it. You're you're duplicating it. You're tracing. You're literally tra- like instead of hand drawing a picture or something, you're tracing. It that that's a sort of thing that as a creative, right? Because you're you're a writer. You're an author. You what you consumed when you were younger really it kind of reflects in your early work before you actually like develop your own style. You and, find your voice is what they is what people like to say for that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's a it's perfectly like natural and normal thing, but also that when you look back, you you look at your earliest works and you're like, oh, that was some dog shit. Yeah, and it also uh, it also is affected by uh, no offense, Trevor, the amount of pretension you put into it. If you're emulating something, whether consciously or not, that's fine. You're like, this is what I think is good, and this is what I know how to do more or less when you're like this is the only way to write because the best have done it and i am the best it's like oh nah, all right no there's like a million different ways yeah, to write yeah, you don't it's not true at all and also the audience is more important than anything else you you can uh, believe that you exist in the pantheon of your stuff will be like shakespeare's forever there's like three people that that's applicable to it's like shakespeare uh homer and See, I don't know, like no one else. When someone like Rick Rubin, uh, right. uh, he he he's known for saying like, "Don't think about the audience when you're making yeah. it." That comes from like a long career of producing very fucking good music, yeah. insanely good stuff. Yeah, and like you can get to that point where like yeah, uh, you just create, but uh, like to 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 the audience like. Whether or not you have the audience in mind, the audience reaction is still pretty <laughs> yeah. important. I mean, it's the it's it's the only thing that carries it forward. You can write the best song of all time, and if you don't show anyone it, it's irrelevant. So, like, the audience has to be the one to push it out. Yeah, that's why I did write the best song of all time, but I'm not going to show no, anyone yeah. to it, so no one gets it but it's me. It's too good. Yeah, no one... Yeah. Y'all don't deserve the best <laughs> yeah. song. I'm actually making a song right now for fun. Uh, my wife. But, no, no, I do need to make that yeah. song. That song's fire. But uh, uh, my, 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 my wife. My wife. Uh, James sent me a bunch of beats forever ago just for fun. He, he obviously makes a lot of music. He's very good at guitar and constantly downplays it. Well, I'll show you his Instagram. The dude shreds. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, he plays sometime on like Twitch and whatnot. Yeah, he'll just be like sitting there and just like kind of doing it. But he'll, he'll constantly be like, I'm not that good. I didn't know enough. No, he's fucking awesome. But anyways, he sent me some random beats, old stuff that he'd had on his computer forever. So I put them in Audacity, like stitched them together, and I'm just going to do like some really funny slam poetry over top of it and release it just for fun. I think it'll be a good time. Anyways, back to Watchmen. Yeah. So now we get what is just a phenomenal series of panels. Um, they, they, he, he, Vite picks Adrian. I, I don't know why I don't like calling him Vite. Uh, Adrian picks up a remote and he goes, what is that? Some, so, what is this? Some sort of ultimate weapon you have in your hand as if I haven't fooled you, or foiled you already? And he goes, yes, you could say that. And he clicks the button. This actually, the movie did very well. And uh, every news channel in the world pops up on all those millions or, well, hundreds of screens behind him. And you get just a bunch of panels of like different, this is what I was talking about earlier, where it tells you the, the deaths, the people going crazy, the yep. blah, blah, blah. And there's a panel of, and and this is, this is where the human side of Adrian comes out, because you know up to this point, this is one of those things that make this villain so much better for me, 
it would be very easy, and the movie does it, it would be very easy to just be like, the smartest man in the world had the smartest plan. He won, and he's confident in his choice. No, this is where he kind of breaks down. He's crying in one panel, like literally just oh, yeah. full on tears, watching this happen because they announce on the news in like the fifth panel, um, you know, Russia steps down, Israel steps down, everybody's like China steps down. Oh, we're gonna help each other now. And he's crying, and he just lets out a big exclamation with his arms wide up. I did it! Oh, I fucking did it! He doesn't say the f word, but you know, he he lets loose. He's like, holy shit. Because up to that, in this chapter, he talks about how he isn't sure if stuff's going to work. Killing John, not sure if it's going to work. Catching a bullet, not sure if it's going to work. Yeah. He wasn't sure. He didn't know this was going to work. It's it's one of those things where, like, if you were less savvy in writing, you would do what you said earlier. and like write The a movie character. did. Yeah, like the yeah. movie. An overly confident person was like, I knew I would succeed all the time. Yeah. But it's a very real human experience where... When you put a lot of work into something over a very long period of time and then you like finish it and you're like, oh, shit, that's some great relief. I fucking did it. Mm -hmm. We did it. Yeah, yeah, you let out a huge, a huge exclamation, especially when it's something like this that's so uncertain. He can be as smart as he wants and makes every calculated choice. And still he was like, oh, man. And then it worked out. So he's obviously happy. He he succeeded in doing the thing. But whether it was a effective relied was entirely on the audience yes exactly how everyone reacted to it Uh, and they reacted how he wanted and he was like oh yeah yeah suck it rorschach did the the tiger woods pump (laughs) well that would have been awesome he just put his hands in the air uh playing his song butterflies fly away so now we get the multiple panels of rorschach sally uh dr manhattan and night owl being like, did I call her Sally? It's Lori. Sally's Lori. her mom. Yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, being like, well, he's right. And yeah. J- John is like, you know what? Uh, I got to hand it to the guy. If we say anything, that's all undone. Like, the only way to make these deaths count is, which is a terrible thing to say, but is the way it is, is to not say anything at all. The minute you speak, you invalidate not only their deaths, but also create a situation where fucking dramatically worse happens this whole book's about leading into nuclear war like you're just gonna make nuclear war is that yep. cool is that what you want and like uh night owl's like we're damned if we say nothing yeah. and the world's damned if we do yeah and it's like yeah yeah you're, you're fucked bro yeah you, you shouldn't you just should have just left everything else alone yeah it's like there's four and there is rightfully so four completely different reactions dr manhattan immediate agreement you know what sound good Night Owl, next step. Uh, damned if we do, damned if we don't. Uh, all right, I guess. Sally, completely unsure. Lori. Ju- did it again. <laughs> completely unsure, just losing her mind. And then the obvious Rorschach being like, you guys are fucking joking. Joking, of course, is his word. Uh, what are you talking about? He's like, and this was actually when I was thinking about, and I'm still, th- I need to do, I don't have enough money. Uh, I'm going to put my PayPal in the link. Someone give me hundreds of dollars for the tattoos I want. <laughs> this was one of the lines I wanted both, for how dope it is when he says it right here, but also how nonsensical it is as a statement. Um, Cause you know, I don't believe in this kind of thing. Uh, uh, that'll make sense in a second. But uh, Rorschach's like, you know, I'm going to go tell everyone. And Night Owl's trying to talk him down. And he just says, not even in the face of Armageddon, never compromise. That was one of the quotes I was going to get tattooed under the Rorschach blah I wanted, um, which is just a fucking nonsense statement. Oh yeah. It's the most bullshit thing you could ever say. Oh yeah. It's very, Rorschach is, 
I hold the belief that there's no such thing as smart people. <laughs> okay, I love that. Like, you have some people that are good at, like, uh, sort of good at a lot of things, and then you have some people that are really good at one thing. Everyone is a specialist of sorts. And then you, you meet these very smart people that are, like, they have a degree in something, and they think that because they have an expertise in one field that their opinion matters in all other fields. And then I have a friend like that. They're usually very fucking wrong because in other fields they're dumb i talk about that a lot um with one of my group chats with friends in it there's one guy who is dramatically on a relative scale smarter than all of us so when it's about something that they have nothing to do with they still hold their version of it just we all fuck we're dumb we don't know how to do the thing he knows how to do which means we don't know how to do anything is it's exactly what you're saying and rorschach is very good at a couple things. He's good at fighting. He's good at detective work. He's relatively smart in that. Mm-hmm. But in other things, like, let's say, uh, uh, emotional intelligence, <laughs> yeah. he's dumb as a fucking brick. Yeah. yeah. He, and that comes across so much in this book. To be completely insensitive and not make the joke. He can't read a social cue to save no, his damn life. he can't. Um, so, so I was going to get that line. I think that's just a beautiful line from that character in this moment, and it obviously leads to what he gets in a minute. But um, I, I like, uh, uh, I like Ozzy Mandeus's response to all this, where he says, "Now, excuse me, oh. whoa, the beer caught up to me. Now, what would you call that? I wonder, blotting out reality, perhaps." Ah, well, in all likelihood, it's of no consequence, as a reliable witness of Rorschach is hardly, how shall we put it, without stain? <laughs> Still, I think it sh- I should medi- meditate, sorry, now in my ori. He has absolutely no concern with Rorschach going out and telling anyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's been very clear that in the beginning, since all of them arrived in Antarctica, uh, other than... Uh, uh, um. Dr. Manhattan, who he views as too powerful, yeah. he had no intention of killing the others. Yeah. Because they're just single individuals that even if they were to try to, you know, whistle blow it up, yeah. It wouldn't really do anything. Which you know what? This this <laughs> this book very clearly is this is like the one sign of it being outdated. Because if the last six years have taught us anything, one person with a really fucking dumb idea can go anywhere in Ooh, modern society. Yeah. The most asinine, nonsensical conspiracies can pop up from a single Reddit post from a no-name user. It can be anonymous98642 said that COVID is turning our blood into iron, and they're like, it's happening, and they go everywhere with it. Oh, I I was listening to the uh, this podcast. That was a day. terrible uh, joke slash reference to that because iron is in our blood. I, I should have picked literally any other metal, and yeah. it would have been a better. I fucked up. We do have quite a bit of iron. I really, anyways. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, listening to this podcast behind the bastards, and Robert Evans he he, he had a six part series on the Illuminati mm-hmm. and how like there was a real Illuminati in Bavaria in like the Enlightenment period where mm-hmm. this dude was like the Catholic Church are being some dicks. I want to learn some cool stuff, so I'm making up this secret society. And he was like, oh well, so I can spread uh, these Enlightenment ideals. I need money, so I'm going to make up this Illuminati bullshit to get rich people into it. <laughs> I'm going to bait and switch them. Because they like stupid magic and alchemy. So he made some shit up, and it the, the six-part series is just how that one thing pretty much influenced QAnon today. And it's wow. just like, yeah, uh, one stupid idea 
can ripple throughout the fucking ages. Yeah. Even if you don't have any intention of doing something wrong, you, yeah. Adam Weishaupt, you, you fucked up. Which, actually, you know what? The way we speak about this right now, um, because as we know with Voight and his insecurities in this chapter, this is like his one big like logical fault. Like so, actually, I kind of take back the idea that this didn't age well because, as obviously, as we know, the chapter ends and then the sequel goes on, which I don't count the sequel as uh, true canon. I'm fine with it being awesome, but I don't. Anyways, yeah, nothing's going to be true canon until Alan Moore accepts it, which he won't. Which he won't. Um, But this is like, it's actually the more I think about it, kind of beautiful. He spent every the last three decisions in the book he has been unsure of, and they've paid out. Well, two of them paid out. Oh, I picked the look at the fingers. I went the uh, Craig look. I went one, two, three, and I went. Well, two of them paid out, and that was <laughs> inadvertently flipping you off. Um, catching the bullet and uh, the world uh, flipping out about this devastation, and then the one that didn't pay out was the Doctor Manhattan thing. But he got him to agree with him anyways. So it's very clear that Vite is insecure and unsure of all of his opinions, and yet for some reason in this moment, while questioning himself, he just goes, "Eh, it's fine." Yeah. So, like, it's very, very human of him still to do that. Uh, you know what? I'm turned around on it. I started this by judging it. I take it all back. It's fucking perfect that he would act like that because he's a cocky, arrogant son of a bitch who's unsure in the big things and thinks he knows the small things. I love this. And I love this. It, uh, Dr. Manhattan being there is a very good juxtaposition yeah. because he shows in comparison how human Ozymandias is. Yeah. Cause, uh, so we're going to skip the John. We'll come back to the John Lawrence. We're going to say, cause yes, he, on the other hand, realizes immediately he teleports out of there. I can't allow that. Vite is taking a chance in letting you live, you know, a, a calculated risk. And John's just like, no, there, there is no, potential for that that are you kidding i mean he's not acting like this instead he's just very matter-of-factly about it yeah and then john's all like warshak did you know that steve jobs died of ligma (laughs) who's steve jobs ligma Ligma balls balls. yeah that it is a it's a a shame that that meme has made this panel hit slightly less but it's still important unless uh the one thing i will say um i know i'll get to that in a minute i think the 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 very last ink blot we see on Rorschach's face is also the very first one we see, uh, bottom left panel on page twenty three. I'm almost positive that is. I, I I can't really. Hold on, I'm gonna set my mic down. You say something. I'll say something. No, I didn't talk like proper about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I do like the uh, uh, the ink blot on the top uh, uh, panel of that because in the. You know what? I'm, I'll just go over the, the John and Lori part real quick. You know, uh, uh, John uh, fucking, uh, he disappears away and everyone else is left. And, and they're like, oh, this sucks. Well, maybe let's just go talk about it somewhere else. And then they, damn, yeah. Oh, Christ. I'm not going to read through. It's definitely an important ink blot on his face there that I've seen before, and I'll find it and maybe record it later. But yeah, Lori's upset. Everyone's dead in New York and shit, and she just wants to be comforted, and she's just like, hey, <laughs> Night Owl, my favorite, you want to get down? My favorite thing about all of this, so she's honestly, again, this is a very human interaction. This is one of those jokes, like, or this is the basis for a lot of jokes, like um, Family Guy's done it, and there's a movie with... um. 
there's a movie with uh, uh, Ricky Gervais where he's the only one who can lie. And all that I was kind of stuff. about that movie the other yeah. day. Yeah. And, and all that stuff where the, it's the joke. Hey, the world's going to end. We might as well have sex. It's a joke that's used all the time for that. But this is like a very real version of that where she's like, I can't make what's right and wrong in this world right now. I can't make what's right and wrong in people, in humanity. I just know, the only thing I know is I take comfort in you. So let's do the most intimate thing we can do right she's literally asking him to bone and they do bone by the way yeah and it, and, and like the, the 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 bottom panel is like <laughs> they're 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 at a pool uh, and yep. it, it shows their uh shadows uh, of them uh embracing up on the wall and then that's the ink blot on rorschach's yeah. face the next panel what do you see in this oh, i see Lori and dan banging it out <laughs> but my favorite thing about this whole interaction because hers is very heartfelt and uh, honestly kind of beautiful the last line's a little silly what's that i smell nostalgia whatever but um it's it's a very beautiful moment my favorite thing about it is the whole time dan is just going you you told john about us <laughs> is he is he is, is he my? cool like what do i uh should i talk to him should I, is everything okay like he's being the bitch i've accused him of this whole time he's being so terrible it's great and she's just like just t- why is uh, <laughs> it's like it's like uh, 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 the stereotypical you want a machismo man thus oh just take me you know like 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 anyone is willing to say to Pedro Pascal right now like just oh just take me that's the kind of guy you're looking for and the fact that she's saying it to him is just comical to me it's just like I can't believe this is the way but anyways um, uh, Dr. Manhattan does what we, we said he shows up and in very few words all he says he says like three things where are you going and, and Rorschach's like, oh, back to America. Back to America. I'm going to fuck this shit up. And he goes, Rorschach, you know I can't let you do that. And the only other thing he says is Rorschach, basically pleading with him, but in the only way he knows how. He's not going to literally grovel. He's just Rorschach. Uh, and then it's incredibly sad. Like, I I, I'm, I don't want to understate this. We, we've we talked about Rorschach a lot on those old episodes. Oh, yeah. You go back and find him. Rorschach is a... An, incredibly fascinating character it is in it is so heartbreaking that he's crying when he takes his mask off because that's the one emotion this dude don't feel he doesn't feel sadness he's dead rorschach is the personification of like just do the right thing even though that's obviously because there's no emotion attached it's never the right thing yeah um that's his big fault that we, we joked about it earlier with the re- not reading the room no emotional cue thing the fact that he is bawling when he—that means so he was crying before he took the mask off, clearly, and he just rips it off and is you know breaking down, and then he gets completely yeah, vaporized. It's one of the moments where like Rorschach and John, despite wanting two very different things, they're on the same page. Oh yes, big time on the same page. Because Rorschach's gonna go narc no matter what. He knows, and yeah, John's. Not gonna allow that to happen, and so it's just like, well, I guess you have to kill me then. Yeah, neither is playing a game of are you gonna, are you not. There is no standoff here. It is full acceptance from both. Yeah, and that that last Rorschach is like, John doesn't want to do it. He will. Yeah, but he doesn't want to, and so they both know that's how that's how it's gonna end. The way you know is he is already talking about it before he turns around. He goes, of course, must protect Veidt's new utopia. One more body amongst foundation makes little difference. Well, what are you waiting for? Like, he's literally like, uh, I don't want to engage with this. 
I know you're going to do it, but because John takes an extra second to reach out to him, you know, you have the 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 the, the face reveal and the scream. Um, that scene in the movie is flawless. Oh, it's really great. That, it's one of the few I remember yeah, from watching it. That scene is flawless. But then you get more news. You get more news stuff. John walks away from this, unfortunately. Um, what is that on the ground that he leaves? Oh, it's uh, the the um. Uh, uh, the scooters. That... Oh, they're under the snow already. Yeah, because it's, you know, in Antarctica. Um, so you get more news things talking about how terrible it is, how, how everyone will work together, could further. This is the questioning. This is what we were talking about earlier. The first one with all the news is just the death and devastation. This one's like, what is it? Is it from another dimension? Could could more attacks be on the way? Well, well no, it's like this and blah, blah, blah. Everyone's questioning. And you get a really heartwarming but weird scene where dr manhattan is just walking he know he knows where he's going he's going to talk to adrian and he walks up and he sees um he sees uh uh, uh dan and laurie spooning dan being the little spoon which is adorable also dan's a thick boy oh yeah he's a big guy but post coital cuddling and dan is the <laughs> little spoon is a <laughs> <laughs> it's so on brand. Yeah, I think that was. I think I think Alan turned to uh, 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 Dave and Gibbons and was like, "You've got to, the, you know, because when you write cuddling, it's always got to be the." Other. He's like, "No, make Dan Lillisman. You got to do it." But anyways, um, Dave Gibbons. Did I say Dan Gibbons? Dave Gibbons. Uh, but Doctor Manhattan looks down on it, smiling, like he he's accepted this. He's 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 over this. He's already made up his mind on everything, which yep. we find out. And then there is the world's most tried and true how do i make my character jesus oh yeah it walks on water walks on water you have to and he walks and it's actually really awesome the way he does this walk straight to a wall walk straight up a wall and then he walks like an egyptian phases he does phases right through the floor ceiling then floor and he is standing beside void Vite, stop ah and uh and this is where you're um again you think you think the way it starts Adrian's in control. He's like, hey, I know what, you know, I know people must think, which the fact that he's choosing Manhattan to tell all this, I don't know if that's calculated or this is, now it's all happened and he's had his moment. It's his only option. Because what he's saying is incredibly depressing. He's, he, you know, he chooses Dr. Manhattan to be like, I know this is fucked up. I know people, the ones who do, are going to hate me and are going to hate this decision. But I've lived through it. I've chose, and I I do believe him when he says this. I've 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 made myself feel every death uh, by day. I imagine endless faces by night. Will I dream about swimming towards a hideous? No, never mind. I believe that fully out of this character. I do not think he made this decision and was happy with it. Yeah. No, I don't think he was like evil, ma- which is what the movie does. Evil mastermind who did what he had to. No, no, I think he. This has tormented him forever. Yeah, I think everything Ozymandias has done has been with the best intentions because, like, it this is a superhero comic with no villains. Exactly, they're all yeah. superheroes. Yep, including Ozymandias. Yep. And he and he says, uh, "What's significant is that I know I struggled across." Oh, whoops! What's significant is that I know. I know I've struggled across the back of backs of murdered innocents to save humanity, but someone had to take the weight off that awful necessary crime. I hoped you'd understand like Rorschach. And this is where Dr. Manhattan's like, you ain't got to worry about Rorschach, yeah. bud. Although I, I do, don't think he's going to reach civilization, if you know what I mean. So 
that line right there sets up Doomsday Clock in a weird way. I won't spoil anything. Um, but when Doomsday Clock was coming out, and also they announced Tom King was writing a Rorschach series, um, which is pretty good. I haven't finished it, but it was pretty good. Th- a lot of people immediately went back to this and was like, see, he didn't kill him. He, he teleported him. He had to have teleported him. And everyone was like, he's being cheeky. There's he's being very cheeky. There's blood everywhere. He can make anything out of anything. No, I guess he can turn the building into glass. Do you not remember? He can do anything. So a lot of people went right to this panel, and he just goes, uh, "You needn't consider Rorschach. I strongly doubt he'll reach civilization." Everyone's like, "Where did where they where did he put him?" He's like, "No, he fucking torched the dude. He 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 was he's not admitting." to Ozymandias that he murdered him but he <laughs> yeah, murdered him yeah uh and he He's goes just being cheeky and this is the one thing that i think happens a little too quick um but it's fine uh it's only one one page and i think it should have been slightly longer but he tells him uh he's he's no longer uh condoning or condemning human affairs he's done with it he's gonna leave and go to a galaxy less complicated which is an interesting way for him to phrase it it means in my opinion how little he understands humanity, even still. Because complicated. He talked earlier about uh, how small something is that it happened so fast it never happened. He walked on the sun, um, which means he understands, you know, how the sun works, the fact that it's a big fusion reactor and how fucking complicated that is and the existence of constellations and the fact that all that shit. To call this complicated is both kind of cheeky of Alan Moore, but also I think just shows that Dr. Manhattan still does not understand humanity nah. at all. Like, we think he's gotten closer, and this chapter has been his big comeuppance of, like, oh, shit, you guys are fucking up. But he really, in my opinion, has no clue still. Um, and and he even says, uh, he even says, but you regained interest in human life. And he's just like, yeah, I have. I think maybe I'll create some. I love that line. I want to know what that means. I don't know if the show touches on that line at all in any way. It might not. It might. Don't worry about it. But... I love that line. Like, what could he do? Like, would he become a god and just literally create, like, humans again, but in his own way? Like, just create humans that aren't bastards? I want to know what that means. But my favorite thing, and what I was leading to when we got into this, uh, is he says, John, wait before you leave. I did the right thing, didn't I? It all worked out in the end. (laughs) It's it's the follow-up, didn't I? It's it, it like if if you if if uh, if you wanted it to be more one dimensional and like oh he's unsure he just goes I did the right thing it all worked out in the end but that extra didn't I is like you can tell this dude which who's no longer meditating now that John's walked through he's fucking struggling right now he's not cool calm collected at all yeah the meditation yeah the talking about Rorschach this dude's fucking losing it right now. Um, well, as much as someone in his place can. Uh, and then, of course, the most famous Dr. Manhattan line ever, nothing ends, Adrian, nothing ever ends. Yeah, you know, whatever. John, what do you mean by that? Poof! Gone. Uh, I mean, I think I think that last part is kind of dumb. What do you mean by... You yeah. own a fucking history that, book. And do you know what humans are? Remove remove that th- speech bubble. Yeah, just just allow John to say nothing ever ends, you know, in some sort of ominous way. And he, dude, this guy's favorite history is Egyptian. 
Does he yeah. not know everything that they did? Obviously, I don't. But he does he not know all the different versions of that civilization? And obviously, how it didn't end up well. Um, and then he follows through into... Uh, uh, he talks about one of the earlier chapters. He's talking about um, Alexander the Great and all that stuff. It's like, you love all these stories of all these conquerors and all these massive civilizations of all this success. You think this is just over? Yeah. Like, like, what are you talking about? Obviously civilizations end but humanity doesn't end like yeah. war is going to happen genocides are going to happen catastrophes are going to happen that that just what yeah it's going to happen and it's going to keep happening you didn't fix it you fixed right now yeah um so yeah that i i, I agree with you a, a bit on just removing although one way you could see that is that he was trying to prevent an end which Nuclear war would have wiped out humanity. Very well could have, yeah. So because of what he did, nothing will end. Ah, that would be a cool read on it too. I like that. Uh the the we can just skim through this last thing. Yeah. This is the part that aged the worst. This is the part that Alan Moore still catches flack for and caught flack for back then. This was never accepted behavior. Um, which I find hilarious because a lot of people are like, oh, modern culture trying to cancel him. It's like, no, when this shit came out in the yeah. 80s, they hated it. People hated it. Uh, basically, Lori and uh, Dan are taking on new names. Uh, they're becoming, do you remember what their name? The Hollises. Yeah, yeah, because of his uh, mentor. Yeah, the, the original Night Owl. Yep. Um, they say what their names are. It's in here. So it was Dan, Sam and Sandra. Terrible names, but yep. they're kind of dumb, so that's fine. Um, they're going to visit her mom and all they're doing is stopping in to say hello and let her know, I know who my dad is. I, 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 I know, I know my father is the comedian. Um, and you know, the mom has like an emotional breakdown and all that stuff. That's not a big deal. Um, obviously the story about how he being the father is a big deal, but yeah, I mean like fucked. that, that doesn't, that's not the issue with this, this moment. The issue with this moment um, because it's very sweet. Lori's like, I love you. I understand stuff's complicated. You have no idea what I've been through. So I'm not going to question you, all that kind of stuff. That's all good. The issue is the very next page where yeah. they leave and uh, Sally, uh, the mother, goes into her room and kisses the comedian, a picture of the comedian. Now you can read that any, you can be generous and read that anyway um, as a thank you for giving me this daughter. You can read it as that. Obviously, the 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 the, the issue being that she yeah. fell in love with a rapist. Um, that's a very negative read on it, but also the most likely read on the way it's portrayed in this. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm just being generous in saying that she's doing that by saying like, I I have Lori, so that's value. That's the generous read, but that this whole situation of 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 what the comedian did and blah blah, blah that's uh, fucked up. Also, I got to point out uh, uh, these two pages are the only part of the entire fucking story where Dan is like smooth and like <laughs> yeah. confident. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Because he's schmoozing a mom. Like that kind of guy is only good at looking good to parents. That's like that's his whole thing. In front of his friends, he's a bitch. On his own, he's a sad boy. Uh, but in front of parents, that's well, a that's a good guy you got there. Oh yeah, you should be friends with Dan. He's a real good boy. And you're yeah, like, I'm right. glad you're you're dating a good man <laughs> yeah. now who doesn't have three also, blue dicks. Also, it's really weird that she gives him a copy of the pornography featuring her, and it's like, don't tell your wife, my daughter, that I'm giving you pornography of me. 
That's a weird touch. And then he's like, oh, I already yeah, had one. Don't you know, worry, I of owned course it. I wanked it to you before. Yeah. You know I wore them pages out. <laughs> Can't even open the book anymore. It's stuck together. Yeah, like, don't, Dan, that's not smooth. But that's a weird touch. This whole interaction, if you remove it from the book, is a better book. Yeah. Just all of it. We don't need a we don't need a, a finalization to this situation. Yeah, like honestly that the the that last panel with Ozzy and and like you, you see his back and it's like that's the last you see yeah. of him. That's a good place to yeah. end. That's a great place to end and then do the prologue cuz I actually think the the final two chapters are 100% required. Oh, final two pages. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Get, the, the, yeah, this point, yeah. Uh, talk about laying it on thick. Um, there's a couple things in this I want to go over quick, and then we're done. One, this sets up the show, Robert Redford running for president. I know yep. that in the show, that's a big thing. Two, yeah, uh, you see... Uh, a flippity-floppity on the Ronald Reagan thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's RR. Yep. Um, Cowboy actor. The, this, the, someone is putting up a sign, uh, One World. It's it's a globe with all with two flags crossed over it. Oh, we're all hey, everybody loves everybody. Whatever. Um, oh, you, Alex Jones has entered the chat. <laughs> yeah. The globalists have taken over the world with Making their aliens. Gay. Um, oh my God, Alex Jones would be like, oh, uh, the, the globalists made the alien. It's a it's a plot from an, the globalists. Another thing the internet ran with. So his whole thing, the joke about making the frogs gay. People are now like, well, they're they're not making them gay, but they're fucking with the reproductive organs. Alex Jones was right. He just said something stupid so that we would understand. And it's like, no, no, he's... he thought what he said. It just so happens that also this was fucked up. Yeah, like, like uh, uh, another podcast I listened to, Knowledge Fight. They they went over so much of his content. Yeah. He reads headlines and then just makes up the Goes body of the article. Goes nuts with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and one out of, a broken clock is right twice a day. If he's even close to accurate, people will use that as definitive proof that he's being silenced. It's like which no. he's not. He he said that Sandy Hook parents were faking yeah. and that's why he's losing all that money yeah. because he's a fucking monster. Yeah. And you even and even when on trial he's like I lied. I was an idiot. I fucked up. But don't take my money. His fans are still like, he's just saying that for the for the law. It's yeah. not. Anyways, enough Alex Jones. So anyways, um, you get that. You get a, a big, massive advertisement of Ozymandias uh, and some girl. I don't know. This is the time. There are the feelings. Millennium. It's like a, I don't yeah. know, like a, a ad for perfume or something. Alex Jones does segue quite well into the, these last panels. So this is awesome. This is, this is what I'm talking about. If you just had... Uh, uh, Doctor Man or uh, uh, Adrian, and it was the last, and then you got a page that said prologue and big Watchman letters, and then you flip to this. This would be perfect. So there's a kid works for a news agency. Of course, he is a ugly, looks exactly like Rorschach, redheaded kid. Um, he is getting back to work at his newspaper, and the guy he works for. This is this is beautiful. The guy he works for is an incredibly racist old dude who hates Russians. Like just without saying it. This is like the culmination of, Adrian, you didn't do shit. People yeah. are going to hate people. Like, you didn't do anything. People are going to hate people. Something's going to happen again eventually because look at how racist this dude is still towards he, Russians. He reminds me of, like, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Oh, super, super, super heavy on that. Um, he also, he also, it's so corny, but it's so good. The kid uh, is being told uh, to, to put in a fluff piece. 
you need to put in a fluff piece. And he goes, why? You had stuff. And he goes, yeah, well, you're not allowed to say anything bad about them dirty, stinking Russians. Um, so uh, put anything in. Just go to the go to the mail. Find the first thing. And the fucking, crank pile. The crank pile. Uh, and, and write a, a two-page thing. And he's just, if you even can, he's degrading the hell out of this kid. Kid's eating a burger. He drops. He's wearing a shirt that has the yellow smiley face. Yep. Drops ketchup on the eye so it looks like the blood splatter from the very first pin. And uh, reaches down, and it's not as heavy-handed as I th- remember it being. It's still very obvious, yeah. but in the movie, it actually says Rorschach's journal on it. And you're like, okay, whatever. In this one, it's just a journal, but you know exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we journal. got a scene earlier where he sends it out. Yeah, yeah. You got the scene where he, he drops it off yeah. in the in the Dropbox. Yeah. So you're just like, okay. There it is. And he's like, I leave it entire. And this is <laughs> one of those things. He says, I leave it entirely in your hands. Whatever this kid wants to write, he can write. He can put it in there. And what do you know? He grabs the thing where, what was Rorschach's words going out? Um, mystery not solved. Uh, we think it's uh, Adrian Veidt, or we think it's Ozymandias, uh, potentially catastrophic or some bullshit like that. So obviously it's not hard to put the pieces together what's happening. He kind of laid it out in his journal. Yep. Um, and then the final quote, uh, which every every chapter ends in a quote. I think we were reading them, and if we yeah, weren't. we were okay, good. The final one is from John uh, Kale. It would be a stronger world, a stronger loving world to die in. That's a great one. That's a great quote to end it on. And there is no uh, uh, after. You know, how every yeah. chapter had a had a, a newspaper thing made up or whatever. Nothing. Uh, we do get this one little quote. Uh, Key custodia ipsos custodies, which is just who watches the Watchmen. Yep, 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 yep. Which is what? juveniles. Oh, okay. Which is what we yeah. titled the very first episode. Who watches the Men of the Machine? Who watches the Watchmen? No, I think I just titled it. Who watches the Men of the Machine? Oh, it should have been who watches the Watchmen of the Machine. Yeah, but we're not the Watchmen of the Machine. We're the Men of the Machine. We can be Watchmen. Men can be Watchmen. Yeah, I guess you're right. Men. It's can in the be word. Men. Allegedly. Who's being sexist now, Kevin? Um, me. Yeah. I always am. Oh, you know what? I just realized mm-hmm. we, di- we didn't say fuck the Brits or it's not a political podcast. And we did have an opportunity multiple yeah. times. Yeah, but we didn't. We, 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 talked about, we talked about different religions and countries. I could have said, and the Brits, and then we could have done it. We talked about Alex Jones. I easily could have said, oh, mm-hmm. not a political podcast. Well, you know what? It's because we're evolving. We're so good at what we do now. We took four years of practice to not need to say those things. That's growth. Growth. That's growth. Uh, but yeah, real quick, we forgot. We didn't do our rankings. Yeah, we didn't do our rankings. Uh, uh, which is uh, how the chapter was. And then we might as well just rank the book. Yeah. So chapter 12 out of 10, what do you think? I would give it a 9.5, and the 0.5 is taken off for, you know, we, we went through the criticism. Yeah. yeah, we did a good job of breaking that down real time. And then I would, uh, you know you know what, I, I, I know this may not be in the, the, the exact spirit of how I, I, I rank things, but I would say the book is just a 10. It's a solid 10. No matter what criticisms there are, which there are, mm-hmm. it is just a very fucking fantastic uh, column, comic I, uh, book series. I uh, uh, am a little bit shocked to hear that. Admittedly, you're you're a firm critic. You always have been. Yeah, I mean, I don't I haven't read as many comics as you, but I've read a decent amount, and it's still 
the best series I've read, read. It balances the art with the writing in such a way that not many books do. Yeah. Um, some. There's a lot of good ones out there I'd love to, to, to introduce you to more. I've had you read some standout ones, but um, yeah, we'll get to more. That chapter for me, I think I'd give it uh, a 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> just like give, in that general ballpark there's some things i didn't love about it there's some things i thought were a little heavy-handed but really do they detract they do because it was an 11 out of 10 now i'm giving it 10 out of 10. and the book eh, easy i'm not going to do a build-up it's a 10 out of 10 it's my favorite that is my favorite piece of media of all time i think i've said that every episode i'll say it again even even as I move on and find more, and you know me, I get very hyped about the things I get hyped about over and over again. Oh, oh this movie is now my new thing and whatever. Um, Watchmen has been, will continue to be, and will always be my favorite thing I've ever read. I love that book. Oh, it's so good. Okay, now I'll edit this in, and here's your regularly scheduled programming ending. Thank you. That has been another episode. We are going to do, now that we're, I don't remember the original lineup. Now we do the movie. Yeah, we do the movie, which then, I know DJ wanted to to uh, guest on. Yeah, and then we either do the show or the comic. I don't remember if we determined they're I both don't sequels. Think we made a decision yet. Yeah, they're both official sequels. Uh, oh no 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 no. We do the before Watchmen stuff. Oh yeah. That was first. Then we'll do the sequels. So it's like we'll be in like our sixties when we're done. Yeah, probably give or take, and we're gonna love every minute of it. Yeah. We'll so th- get famous in our 60s. Now you're talking. That has been another episode of Men of the Machine. I am Kevin. I'm Craig. Thanks for listening. Dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see, over here we have the Men of the Machine.